What's going on, guys? John Hasselbauer here, golf writer for thelines.com. This is from the tips, and in this video, we will be going through the Genesis Invitational, everything you need to know before you bet uh, DraftKings, anything in between, anywhere you want exposure to this tournament, we will cover um, you know, the best way to approach this week. Before we get into that, I want to look back uh, at a loaded uh, week of events last week. We had the Super Bowl. We had the WM Phoenix Open. We even had the first full swing Netflix doc episode release. So I want to touch, touch on that a little bit. We'll start with the Super Bowl. Um, I had a pretty good week betting it, to be honest. I had uh, Jalen Hurts' first touchdown. I had the winning margin to be exactly three points. All of the sharp analysis you can expect from me whenever I'm approaching betting. I basically bet everything except money line spreads and and over-unders. So um, happy to have been profitable, but none of it really matters because I whiffed on the Gatorade shower. Um, I would I would rather have a, an unprofitable week but get the Gatorade shower right than than vice versa. So that stings. It was purple. Uh, I think I've lost all credibility in the in the industry now after um, you know, I, I went with blue in markets that didn't offer no Gatorade shower. Um, I was really hopeful for no Gatorade shower. I do think if there was no penalty on Bradbury and um they were able to somehow convert a first down on that play, run it down to the last um minute, the last second, and kick a field goal as time expired. That was the script we were hoping for for no Gatorade shower. Uh fortunately it didn't fall our way. That was 16 to 1 odds. So it was a long shot, but we'll, we'll, we'll learn from this. We'll improve. We'll be better this time next year. Um, and you know, just on the note of the Super Bowl, just an awesome week of content from everybody else at the lines. You can go to the lines YouTube channel and see all of the content that was produced last week. You know, it's not as pertinent now, but there were some really cool interviews with, uh, Brian Westbrook and Trey Wingo to name a few, um, with the access that they were able to get partnering up with, um, with Caesar Sportsbook on the ground in Phoenix. So shout out to everybody else on the staff who had an awesome, uh, week of coverage on the Super Bowl. I know, um, you know, the, the bets overall did very well and that can all be found on this line's YouTube channel. So make sure you are subscribed. Um, it is golf season now. Um, the football season is in the past. I do have a soft spot for XFL. Um, I will probably have some, some bets on that this year, but by and large, um, we are turning this, the page from football to golf. Um, the golf last week from an outright perspective at the WM Phoenix open, not my best week did not really have any semblance of a sweat on the weekend, which is unfortunate. I think Colin Morikawa and Patrick Cantley were the two biggest disappointments of the week and happened to kind of hedge my bets uh, behind both of them last week. So from an hour perspective, did not really go very well for me, but uh, from a prop perspective, actually did end up having a good week. We had the James Hahn top 40. We had Tom Kim over um, over Cameron Young, who ended up finishing last. I think jet lag is like weirdly a thing for Cameron Young, and he's bad at back-to-back weeks after long travel. So something to monitor. The last time he looked bad after a long um, a long flight was the Scottish Open, uh, where he missed the cut horrifically. And then the very next round he played, he was first-round leader at the Open. So I actually think it's a, a good week for Cameron Young. I didn't bet him uh, at the WM Phoenix Open, but I really love, sorry, I, I did not bet him at the Genesis Invitational. 
this week, but I actually do really like his his prospects coming off that runner up to Neiman last year. Um, other notes on, on WM. I mean, uh, Scotty Scheffler was a guy who rated out pretty highly in my model. Um, obviously that shouldn't be too much of a surprise. The defending champion he's now won two years in a row. Um, T to green has always been there putting, uh, something that's kind of come and gone. And we kind of knew going into waste management that some of the lesser putters tend to figure it out and, and show up and pop. Um, so Scotty Scheffler was a guy that it was a weird week because DraftKings posted odds very early for WM. No other book did. Um, I saw 25 on Morikawa and I just jumped on it. And as soon as I did that, I wouldn't have had room to get on a Scotty Scheffler. It's the way that I structure my units. But, um, you know, if I had seen Scotty Scheffler open at 15, which is where he closed at, at the end of the week, um, you know, that would have been a thought that it would have definitely been something that I think would have been worth it. We're not going to see that number this week at the Genesis with him, you know, coming off of that win, having some pretty decent history at the Genesis. So missed on that one. Not going to kick myself too hard about a top three player, uh, winning outright and not being on him. And, and we did actually turn a, a slight profit on the, on the props at WM. So, um, we're all good turning the page into, into Genesis. Um, and the last thing from last week, um, the full swing documentary, I think this is really interesting. Um, is something that is going to intersect into golf betting approach. Um, as we, you know, get a peek behind the curtain and, and see what these golfers are like off the, off the, the course and what's going through their heads and what factors into, recent form and course history beyond what the stat sheet says. Um, the first episode is out. The full season is going to be released uh, tomorrow, the 15th of Wednesday. Um, I hate plugging Netflix because I am a HBO guy, but um, this is right up my, I mean, I couldn't be more excited about a documentary. Episode one follows Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Um, and it culminates in the PGA championship. I was dreading the PGA championship episode because I knew they were there and covering it. And obviously that is where, um, you know, Mito Pereira ripped our, our hearts and, and shredded into tiny bits and pieces. Um, mercifully, they really did not touch on Mito whatsoever in that, in that episode. I mean, they show graphics of Mito leading by seven, nine over Justin Thomas. And it, it's just a graphic. They're not following Mito or interviewing him in between rounds, which I was afraid of. Um, there's just one little snippet of him saying like, I fucked up on, uh, on 18, which, which you did. Um, but you know, I was dreading that reliving that moment and they actually went pretty easy on me and anybody else who was sweating Mito. Um, you know, definitely contextualizes it being an incredible comeback for Justin Thomas, which I think is kind of lost in history as this just being something that Mito gagged away. Uh, but Thomas was nails in, in that, in that playoff, which is a good reminder. Um, and I think, you know, the the other thing with, with that documentary is it kind of just showed how, like, having a lot of money and access to private jets and facilities um, that elite players have gives them such an advantage. That, that was my biggest takeaway. Like, Justin Thomas has a full-time trainer uh, that he's go he's working with every single weekend and flying back and forth to 
him and, and, and Jordan Spieth just took a private jet to Southern Hills in between weeks. Like Mito Pereira wasn't doing that. Um, so it's just a, this, this slight little, uh, advantage that you get by just having access to NetJet sponsors and, and be able to say, Hey, I'm Justin Thomas. I want to play your course today. Um, and maybe that has something more to do with why the elites always rise to the top of majors because they just have a way of getting to the course and feeling it out when, when others can't. So I don't know that maybe it's nothing, but that was something that, that, that stood out to me. Um, okay. That, that'll, that'll cover uh, full sway. I mean, the, the entire season will be out tomorrow, so we'll see how, how much more we, we dive into that as it goes on. But, um, you know, love, love that that's out and it, looking forward to the rest of that season. Um, okay. So now let's move on to Genesis Invitational. Um, we are in the, let's see, 20, we are in the fourth, the fourth year of this being a, an invitational event hosted by Tiger Woods that started in 2020 when Adam Scott, uh, won here since it went from an open to an invitational, the field has gotten smaller. It's been about 120 to 130. It's 130 this year. Um, and it's an invitational of just the game's best. So there's no, uh, open qualifiers. There's no dated uh, legacy, you know, past champions that get here for, for those reasons. Um, it's really a meritocracy of the best of the best, um, are here. Um, everyone who is eligible, um, in the top 100 on the PGA tour is here with the exception of a few, uh, WDs. So Maverick McNeely, um, I believe Davis Riley, a couple others um, towards the very bottom, but everybody in the top 25 is here. Um, notables who are not here would be your Dustin Johnson, your Cam Smiths, and your defending champion, uh, Joaquin Neiman, just by going to live. But, um, you know, aside from those players, everybody is here. Will Zalatoris was the biggest name that was not here at the WM Phoenix Open last week, and he's here as well. So, um, every top name is going to be here. That usually means great odds, um, throughout the board, pushing everybody kind of down. Um, and even at the very top, the elites, um, this week being John Rahm, um, Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler are kind of bettable. I would say like, usually these guys, you can't even get a single bullet on Rom. You can't even like consider betting Rory and another player. Um, this time last year, I bet Rory McIlroy 25 to one this year, he is 10 to one. Um, and I still think that's a, that's an enticing bet, um, with John Rahm, he has very similar, uh, course history here as he did at WM Phoenix open where the course suits him. He has really good results, rarely in the thick of it though. It hasn't really contended inside the top five. Uh, whereas Roy or McElroy, uh, he has been in the mix here a little bit more course to me is more suited to a Roy McElroy, a shot shaper who works. It kind of in both ways has a little bit more experience, uh, contending at the masters. You know, he's still chasing that green jacket. Uh, but you know, for my money, I know, I know Rory is coming off of just outside the top 30 last week and Rom contended, but for my money, I think Rory is the man to beat this week. Um, and, and yeah, the, besides those three, I think it, we should, uh, definitely acknowledge that it is a big three. Now put some respect on Scotty Scheffler's name. He's back to the world. Number one, it is, it is those three and then a gap and everybody else. And I think that everybody else begins with, let's say, uh, Xander and Justin Thomas, uh, they're probably in a class of their own. And then the, the next tier is probably your Morikawa's, your Hovland's, your Cantlay's. 
Um, but there's definitely a big three in golf right now. I, I think that um, goes without saying. Um, so looking at Riviera Country Club more specifically, uh, it is a 7,322-yard par 71 with three par fives. Um, I don't really even like to acknowledge the first hole as a par five. It's a 500-yarder uh, with a scoring average of 4.2 or 4.3, um, which is the same scoring average as the longest par four on this course. Everybody makes four on this hole. Um, if you're making an Eagle, you're gaining on the field. If you're making birdie, you're kind of just keeping pace. And if you're making par, something went horribly wrong. This is a 500 yard hole. It's straight downhill. It's straight ahead of you. It, you can't make a hole any easier than this on the PGA tour. There's a bunker guarding the front of it, but everybody can fly it. So, um, it, it's a really easy hole. Uh, don't get your hopes up. If you're, if your guy starts with a birdie, um, everyone's going to do that. But if you're, if your guy starts with a par, that's that's panic because there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of birdie opportunities on this course. That is a gimme that you need to get. Um, so I, I would say there's a glorified par 70 at, at um, Riviera Country Club. Um, the other two par fives are reachable and they are uh, featured scoring uh, average scoring under par. And the 10th holes iconic, um, quote unquote, drivable par four. It's about 300 yards. It's reachable, but, but most players tend to lay up or aim left of the green to have a sort of a lateral pitch. It's almost impossible to hold that green with a tee shot, but really interesting strategically to see how players approach that. I know Justin Thomas always likes to lay up like a hundred yards short of it. And he gets like an eight iron off the tee and then like a, a gap wedge. And he likes to do that. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a case of hitting to your number. And I think hitting to your number is something that's going to be key, not just on the 10th hole, but throughout, um, with all of these dog legs, you don't need to smash driver. You probably won't want to smash driver. Uh, Kikuyu rough is going to be, uh, not the thickest that we see, but it's very unpredictable. You get very inconsistent lies in there. And anytime you're getting into firm and fast greens from the rough, it's going to be hard to hold it. Um, the greens are not super small here at Genesis, but they are firm and fast. So, uh, you want to be in the fairway. You're probably going to miss the fairway, though, and less than 50% of drives uh, do hold the fairway. So um, that makes the uh, important shift then to scrambling around the green, sand saves, all these short game statistics that tend to uh, be most important when you're playing a difficult event, uh, such as in majors. Um, so something that's really important for me uh, not so much the recent form, although, you know, Phoenix open played a little difficult. We had farmers recently. Um, so we're starting to get more into the real swing of, of the PGA tour away from the birdie fest. Um, but I definitely want to see, um, players who've had success in difficult conditions, particularly in majors, um, some comp courses I'm looking at. I mean, the overlap of players who play well at Augusta and here is striking, uh, the courses are very different. Rough play is much more of a factor here. Um, putting is far more important, I would say. Lag putting specifically at Augusta than it is here. Um, and, and here you can get away with being shorter and being more positional. Um, but it's the, the creative shot making off undulated fairways, uh, hitting a ball right to left and then left to right, any given hole, managing dog leg lefts, dog leg rights. Um, these are all things that, that the creative shot makers kind of excel at track men golfers may, may struggle with a bit more, um, beyond Augusta, you know, Southern Hills and the country club. I think the country club is a really good example, uh, of a comp course this week with narrow fairways, um, difficult course, not through just your length, 
Um, and uh, TBC Potomac, I know that the conditions were a um, bit of an outlier at that event. There was a lot of rain. There was a lot of it was just very wet conditions that made it play a little differently. Uh, but it put an emphasis on total driving and position off the tee, which is going to be consistent here. Max Homa won there. He's obviously won um, at the Genesis. And uh, that leaderboard also included Cam Young as a runner-up at both. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick has good history at both. Uh, Francesco Molinari has good good history at both. So I think TPC Potomac is a good one to, to look back and forth at, and the, and the comp there makes sense. Um, farmer's history. You want to reference that, um, on just the POA, um, aspect of it alone and it being uh, a difficult scoring setup. Although that is definitely more of an advantage towards the pure bombers than what we'll see this week. Um, and lastly, I think as a look ahead, maybe just have that U S open futures market up, um, as you're watching this event. And if somebody really strikes your eyes playing well, Maybe it's a, it's a it's a week to pull the trigger. I haven't pulled any uh, major futures yet, but um, you know this is a George Thomas design at Riviera Country Club. LACC is a George Thomas design. They're both you know very similar. A lot of similarities between the two, and there's not going to be too many other events between now and then um, that are going to give you you know sort of a look at who can perform in in tight um, difficult conditions. So uh, definitely. When we get to U.S. Open Week, I'll be looking back at the Genesis and who performed well in this loaded field. Um, we've gotten this far, and I haven't even mentioned Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is the host, uh, but he's also playing in the field this year. Uh, first time since his accident, which happened immediately after uh, this event was held. Uh, 2021? 2022? Uh, yeah, 2021, I think. Um, so how how is he going to do here? Well, I've already seen his odds drift beyond I've seen him as as high as 200 to one, which is like interesting. We're getting a fair number on Tiger Woods. Now Um, his odds in the majors are still like 60 to one. So don't do that. Um, I would still not endorse anybody betting Tiger Woods outright at this event. Um, There's uh, specials. I've seen like uh, two to one odds for Tiger to to make the cut. Um, I'm not going to stop anyone from, from betting Tiger to make the cut. I mean, you can get by here with just short game alone. Um, it's not a, it's not a second shot course by any means, but everybody's going to be missing the fairways. Um, and the greens are going to be missed at a high percentage too. So if it becomes a scrambling contest, Tiger can do that with anybody. Um, so, you know, if you just want to root for Tiger this week, bet him, uh, I would say bet him to make the cut. Uh, I don't really want to bet against him in a matchup. I don't know who they're going to line him up with. That, that's going to be a tricky one to handicap, but, um, definitely excited to watch Tiger play. I hope he is in better health than the last time we saw him because when he was playing in the match, um, he did not look like he could hit a ball straight. Um, and he was really laboring through the tee shot specifically. Everything else was okay. Um, but yeah, excited to see Tiger as always. We probably won't see him again until the Masters. So going to enjoy seeing a little PGA Tour action from the GOAT. Um Okay, let's then move on to, I will share my screen um, and we will take a look at my model for this week. Uh, Something I am trying out each week, trying to get better at this, is taking all of the internal uh, spreadsheets that I use and making them more like palatable um, for everybody who is watching along. Um, So... 
I always write about in my tournament previews the the model who ranks out uh, well and what I'm putting into the model, but it's hard to get a good visual of it. So I hope this is a little bit more helpful. Um, and so looking at the the model this week, where they rank and what are their corresponding DraftKings odds and DraftKings salary, uh, Roy McElroy is number one. Uh, he's followed by Homa, Finau, Morikawa, Ram, Sungjae, Cantlay, Xander, Day, Scheffler um, is the top 10 here. Uh, anytime my model is spitting out something that makes that much sense and correlates this well uh, with the odds board, I'm going to trust it um, a lot. And I'm, I'm going to trust it a little bit more religiously and, and just follow what it's telling me versus uh, other weeks I may have a random model that has like a 7K golfer like Joel Damon. Uh, in the top 10 or something like that. Um, but I, I trust this model. I'm putting a lot of weight into uh, comp conditions, difficult scoring conditions, current form, uh, off the tee, and uh, long-range approach. Uh, I've also just kind of summarized here. You can see just how much weight in those buckets we're, we're going to. So it's about a third of the weighting I'm putting in goes to comp conditions for this week. That's bogey avoidance and difficult scoring conditions. Comp course history starts getting tee to green in comparable conditions to Riviera Country Club, which includes uh, narrow fairways, difficult all-around scoring, uh, and penal rough. And then course history. I think that's important here. Uh, we've seen guys like Homa and Finau and Scott and Rory just consistently be here, uh, kind of irregardless of their form. Um, current form is important. Um, I'm looking at last 24 rounds. Um, I didn't really know what, how to label par four scoring, par five scoring. So I, I rolled it into court, current form. Uh, but being able to score from those longer range holes, um, is what makes uh, good major players. Uh, and that should make, um, for good Genesis players. Um, off the tees, good drives gained and off the tee combined approach is uh, total approach and then proximity from 150 plus around the green scrambling and sand saves combined and then putting uh, POA super important here. And then because it's POA, uh, a lot of players are going to miss these five to 10 footers that they normally may be strong on. So want to get the most confident putters off of um, off of POA, off of short range putts, because there's going to be a lot of scrambling, a lot of leaves, um, for par from that five to 10 foot range that I want players to be confident over. Um, over here I'm filtering, um, who I bet. And I've only bet four players this week. That is because the number one man in my model is one that I decided I could not go on without this week. He is number one in uh, bogey avoidance and comp course history, number two in course history, number two in uh, strokes gain total last 24, and that is not including his strokes gain metrics on the DP World Tour where he is a recent winner. I am, of course, talking about Rory McIlroy. Something else that I will do um, these videos going forward is just take a peek into Fantasy National. Okay, so here's Rory McIlroy's page. You can see, actually, Poa is uh, one of his better um, surfaces historically over the course of his career. Um, and he's coming off of a week where he lost three strokes putting at the WM Phoenix Open. Uh, so whenever we're coming off of a bad putting week, but a solid tee to green week, and we go to a surface that he's had success, uh, I'm going to be encouraged by that. So we are definitely getting a discount on Rory. I know it's 10 to 1. It doesn't feel like a discount. Uh, but he's the same price as Scotty Scheffler coming off of that win. That would definitely not be the case if Scotty Scheffler did not win or if uh, Rory McIlroy had finished as highly as John Rahm did uh, in last week's event. So 
I think it's a, it's a discount week. Um, and if we look at Rory's Genesis uh, results, you can see 10, a miscut in 21, but then five and four. Um, so he's definitely you know comfortable on this course. You've seen him spike with the putting as well. That's an important indicator on POA because it is so unpredictable. You don't really know what you're going to get. Um, and then I love doing this, just hovering over uh, so you can see the last five, last 10 events. Uh, and if we're in the green there on the right with the now versus then, that means that he's coming in in better form uh, than he was. So over three of the last four years, he's coming in better form this time than he was back then. So I love that about Rory. If I'm going to bet one of the favorites at 10 to one odds and shorten up my card, I need you to check basically every box. And Rory is doing that um, at the Genesis for me. So I'm, I'm comfortable taking that bet. Uh, at 10 to one odds, I'm going to go back to the board here and the rest of my cars rounded out by Hideki Matsuyama at 45 to one odds. I believe, I believe that's where I got him. Um, and he is my spotlight player of the week as well. You can see that in, uh, my tournament preview, which is linked in the description here. Uh, another player who rates out well in the comp courses, uh, winner at Augusta. That's a good comp. Uh, number one, Tita green and comp difficult conditions, um, he's a great scrambler and he is showing us that he's kind of beyond the injury concerns. He's always got a lingering neck, um, injury. It, it seems, but, um, recent high finishes for him at the farmers and last week at the WM. So, um, if he's in full health, I love the play. If he's not, it's an outright and, and we lose it. So, um, I'll, I'll chase the upside there with Matsuyama. And then with Adam Scott, all, all we're really looking at here is this number one course history. He has won this event twice most recently. In 2020, he is not uh, the best putter on tour, but on Poe Greens, um, for some reason, he is. Um, he loves Poe. He says it reminds him of playing in Australia, um, the firm and fast conditions there as well. So for whatever reason, he likes playing um, on Poe. He loves Riviera. Uh, it suits these longer hitters for sure. Um, and he's just a model of consistency here. So, um, he is listed at 61 odds. I, I like that number. I believe I got him at 66. And then lastly, Francesco Molinari. Um, this is actually a Super Bowl um, free bet credit that I had, and he is 300 to one. So, uh, not a conviction bet, but he is a member at Riviera uh, Country Club. He finished T8 in his first appearance here since um, his membership. Um, great short game at Riviera because he practices and plays here all the time. I think that's crucial. Um, and he had a top five finish on the DP world tour three weeks ago. So the game is not far away from him. It is a Ryder cup narrative, um, year, which is kind of a joke, um, that we make to every single European player, um, potentially eligible, but it is being played in Rome, which makes me think they'll make an exception and bump him up the list over some more deserving players, if he starts to show, show any sort of form. So if Molinari picks up a win anywhere, let alone a loaded field event like this, all of a sudden, maybe he is on the team. Uh, at the very least, I think he'll be an honorary captain in Rome. Um, but I, that might be on his mind here. And if if he's confident in the short game, then you just have to hope that you know he has a, a spike week with the ball striking. Um but yeah, anything in the model, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna reflect that. This is more of a narrative play. Um, he was a hundredth in my model out of 129 players. So this is not a model play. It's a narrative play. Um, and it's, it's a slight course history plays a little bit, um, above average to the field in that, but that is, um, you know, 
how I'm approaching the betting board this week, a tight card. I could have easily spammed the middle of the board here, bet a bunch of 25 to one guys. I love like Sung JM, Max Homa, Tony Finau, um, even Patrick Cantlay. I love all those plays. Can't bet them all. Um, I like Rory McIlroy a lot more than all of those plays. So we're going to roll the dice with Rory. Um, and hope for the best. Hopefully we have a better sweat than last week. Um, but that is going to do it for me. Thank you guys for watching and for all the support on these videos every week. Really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck to you and all of your Genesis Invitational bets. <laughs>